Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Anna Moody began her teaching career in 1980 in Danbury, Connecticut, teaching middle school general music and choir. It was there she discovered her passion for choral music and took a position as the middle school choral director at Sachs Middle School in New Canaan, Connecticut. It was in her first year that she noticed an enormous amount of talent going untapped and proposed to begin a before-school select choir which would provide a wider variety of students the opportunity to perform and hone their skills. That original program called the Sax Singers and then the New Canaan Choraliers became a huge success, performing at ACDA and NAFME conferences, numerous venues in Washington, D.C., including a performance in the Gold Room at the White House as well as performances at Shea Stadium and Madison Square Garden. In 2001, she began a pilot program in music technology at New Canaan High School with six students in an abandoned wood shop. The program was so successful, a lab was designed into the renovation of the high school in 2005. This investment paid great dividends as the music tech program became one of the most popular and sought after course offerings in the elective areas. Today, the state-of-the-art tech lab is filled to capacity every period of the day with three teachers delivering four levels of music tech. Students in the program have been called upon to produce special presentations for many different school events, and her students have gone on to study music at prestigious music schools around the country. Most importantly, the program has instilled in countless students a love, respect, and abiding appreciation of music. Anna lives in Trumbull, Connecticut with her husband, two daughters, and their seven-month-old Irish doodle, Scarlett. She is an avid Villanova basketball fan and swears that it is pure bar that keeps her sane. It is my great privilege to welcome Anna to the podcast. So I am really pleased this week uh, to welcome a a, a fantastic music educator who I've known. It's probably 10 or 15 years, Anna. Um, But Anna Moody, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for doing it. And uh, I'm just really pleased you're here. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here, Jim. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. So, Anna, I remember, I remember when I was working for Soundtree as a clinician back in the early 2000s, a guy named Brad Smith, who, who I'm sure you remember, um, yes, I do. Would, would talk about you as one of these amazing uh, teachers. He, he, he mentioned you frequently as one of his favorite customers and one of the kind of the, uh, the, the teachers that made the job fun for him. And then um, I think when I first took over Soundtree, I remember I wanted to meet you. I wanted to come and visit you. And I came to your school, I believe, visited you in your lab and watched you teach. And I just, everything Brad said was accurate. And I was just, I, I remember smiling from ear to ear, your enthusiasm, the warmth, your caring for your students. It was so obvious to me that you love your students and that they love you. Um, so I just, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're here. And I'd love for you, Anna, just to talk about 
you know, how you got started being a music teacher uh, and, and how you ended up where you are today, which is at New Canaan High School in Connecticut. Uh, well, thanks, Jim, so much for having me um, on the podcast. I look forward to this conversation. Um, so how I started um, my musical career is a little, I'm actually going to talk about it for the first time. Um, I come from an Italian family. Uh, my mom is an immigrant. She came here at a very early age. And so we lived kind of a sheltered life. And I've always loved music and I wanted to play an instrument, wanted to play an instrument. I begged my parents and I play, being an Italian, the accordion. Oh, wow. Very cool. <laughs> well, I, well <laughs> and, I, uh, and I became pretty good at it. I went to a great music school, private music school, where I had um, a, a great teachers, great, co a great um, colleagues, and it was a wonderful experience that I said, you know, I think I want to major in music. I want to be a music educator. And I graduated from the University of Bridgeport, which back in the day was a great music school. Um, and you could major in accordion and accordion and jazz were the big, the wow. big, uh, yeah, the, the, um, the big I knew major. They, I knew they had a jazz program. I've, I've, I've known about that program, but I didn't know that you could major. That's very cool. So I was, yes. So I majored in music education and accordion was my instrument, but pretty much as soon as I got there, um, I took an interest in jazz and jazz piano and, um, and classical piano as well. And so then I had a uh, dual major. I quickly learned to play piano and of course voice. And I studied with, one of my teachers was Neil Slater, who's still to this day teaching down, at, uh, down in Texas. So um, yeah, I played the accordion and it actually got me through school because I played, um, at Goodspeed Opera House for many, many years. Um, I was the go-to accordionist, so to speak, um, playing Broadway. Cool. Well, I played one Broadway show that opened and closed. And even at the Met, there's even an opera that uses accordion. Um, but when I got out of college, um, I quickly switched to um, piano and, and taught piano. So um, that's kind of my, that's how I, got to teaching uh, music or became a music educator. And I started teaching in Danbury, Connecticut, which is an inner city school. And um, I started teaching at the age of 20, which was a, a little bit on the young side. And Absolutely. I taught, I got a job teaching general music to seventh graders and teaching one section of choir. And in this general music program that I taught, um, of course, there was no curriculum, literally. You walk in and I had nothing. I said, I don't know what I'm going to teach these kids. But um, the good thing about it was the class was divided into, into marking periods. So four times a year, I got a new group of kids. So I taught them music every single day for 10 weeks. And then I got a new group, and then I got a new group, and then I got a new group. And I taught there for seven years. So seven times four, I really had like 28 years of teaching to 
to work through that. And I think about what I taught back then and and what I expected from kids. And and I still keep it in a box here in my room. Um, I taught kids um, opera, musical theater. They didn't perform, but I taught them that in a general music setting. And the final project that I had these kids do, which I think about it and I say, my God, how did you get kids to do that? I I still don't know the answer to that, but um, I have proof that they did it. I would, they listened to a variety of musicals from the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and 80s. And we did a few operas, um, Carmen and Amal and the Night Visitors. um, So they're, final at the end of the semester was to write a story. And in that story, they had to incorporate seven or eight songs that worked into their musical, Um, which I still have copies of um, to this day. But so that was an experience, teaching general music in an inner city school was. Uh, was very interesting. I had to really survive on my own. And, but I wanted to teach choir. That was, that was my passion and that's what I loved. So I took a position in New Canaan High School, not New Canaan High School, I'm sorry, New Canaan, um, and taught at the middle school here. And um, I taught seventh and eighth grade choir. And actually, I'm sorry, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade choir. But the interesting thing is when I got to uh, Sachs Middle School, I saw an enormous amount of talent in, in, in New Canaan, pianists, singers. And I said, why are these kids in general choir? There's so many of them so talented. So I went to my principal and I said, could I start a before school choir? Can I have them audition and can they sing in this choir? And he said, Anna, that thing is never going to fly in New Canaan. New Canaan parents are not going to bring their kids to school at 6.30 in the morning. He said, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to support you. And I tell that story because um, it was kind of the foundation for, uh, for me being able to take risks in the classroom. When I was in Danbury, I had... Um, very supportive colleagues. I taught in a school that was eight years old and all of these teachers were first year teachers. So I taught in a school with teachers that were 32, 33 years old, eight or nine years experience and um, were very supportive if I made a mistake, encouraged me to try new things. So when I went to New Canaan, I wasn't afraid to try this choir. Um, so I did, and it became um, a very, very successful. Of um, course. <laughs> well, thank well, you. Well, no, but... whenever, you, whenever you hear the no, whenever, you know, anytime anybody goes, it'll never fly. Of course it does, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it, so these kids were so eager. They were so eager to learn um, that I tried to make it enjoyable for them and, and said, we're reading before school, you can't eat. Um, 
you can't eat before school, but I'm going to have breakfast for you. And we had kids signing up and parents bringing breakfast. And so it became a very, um, a, a very popular thing for kids to, kids to do. But we had some pretty impressive um, uh, performances. We got to sing um, for uh, the White House, which was interesting, at the Gold Room. Um, in the White House? In the White House, yes. We got, um, and it also helps when you're in New Canaan, you have connections. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, we were on the NBC Nightly News um, for that performance. That's amazing. Uh, who, was, who was president at the time, do you remember? Carter. Oh, my um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Clinton, Clinton, Clinton. Clinton. Sorry, Clinton, very Clinton, cool. not Clinton, not Carter. It was... Um, Clinton, he was president. He wasn't there, of course. Right, right, right. Um, but it was a, it was a wonderful. What it a, was what an amazing experience. I, I, it was an amazing, an amazing experience. Um, we sang at the Lincoln Memorial and the National Cathedral, and we were the only middle school to sing at the celebration of the 50th anniversary of World War II. Everyone else was a high school performing group. Wow. We were the only middle school. Um, and um, from then, you, then we also had the opportunity to sing the national anthem at Shea Stadium. And wow. we actually did that every year for about six years. We actually did a half hour program and then sang the national anthem, um, which then got us connected to Madison Square Garden. Right. Um, same organization, right? That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, that was that was um, amazing, and I think I shared the story with you that, um, and I have I have a picture still hanging up on my wall. Um, I said to my students, "We're singing at Madison Square Garden at a New York Knicks game, and when you go out, you are going to look straight ahead. Your hands are going to be your by your side. You're going to be looking straight ahead when you walk." And you're going to go to the center of the court exactly as we practiced. Well, I didn't realize that the players were there on the on the court, on the floor, stretching, and my students literally climbed over them um, <laughs> to, get, to get in the center. That is, that, that's a, what a great picture! These giant, <laughs> these giant dudes laying on the floor. Your kid, your middle. Yeah. That was, that was just amazing. But um, like all wonderful things, uh, that came to an end. Um, and I moved up to the high school um, where I taught one section of freshman choir. Um, but then they wanted, it's an interesting story. This is another interesting story. How did I start teaching music technology? Um, they brought me to the high school because I had so many kids moving up here and the choir program at the high school was getting big that they brought me up here, but I needed to be full time. So the assistant principal here said, hey, she is really good at using Word. Why don't you have Anna teach music technology. Oh, obviously, you're, you're good at word processing, then no problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that was insane. Insane. I mean, I had never even been in front of a computer that used any kind of music software at all. And they said to me, hey, Anna, um, go out and get, we're going to give you six computers 
and get yourself a lab. And that's how I met you. That's um, right. You came to Soundtree and Lee Whitmore and, uh, and probably Jason Panucci and Brad Smith. It's, that's great. Yeah, Jason's still my go-to. That's awesome. <laughs> he is still my go-to guy. And you guys set me up. Um, you guys set me up with this lab. And um, I was on my own. I, I, I took a time course with um, Tom Rudolph. That's right. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, that's a long time ago, right? Yeah, he's fantastic. He, he is such an inspiration to so many. That's great to hear his name again. Yeah. Um, I took one, so I took a class with him and then was just let loose and say, all right, figure this out. Figure this out. Um, and, and I started teaching when GarageBand didn't even exist. It was eLogic. Oh, good. Right. So the predecessor to GarageBand, but, but that, that's right. The very different and very clunky program at that time. Yeah. I started teaching just when Apple bought eLogic. That's right. So it could, so it could design um, GarageBand. So that's how I, uh, that's how I started teaching music technology. Somebody just said, Hey, she's good at word processing. Why don't you have her do that? So you have been teaching in a music technology lab for almost 20 years, if my math is right. Yes. Yes, it was 2001. Okay, so yeah, that's a, that's a touch. So I've got to ask you, why don't, um, if you can, Anna, just tell, um, I, I know we're, we're going to obviously get into like how COVID has affected your program, but you know what, um, up until March 13th, which I'm assuming was D-Day for you as well, um, you know, what, why don't you talk about what your teaching responsibilities are? Are you still teaching chorus? Like what, what are, what right now, what's on your schedule? Um, I teach nothing but music technology. Um, and I also teach a section of music theory, which grew out of um, music technology, but I no longer teach choir. I teach um, music technology full time. And I, re I remember clearly when I met you, I'm, I'm almost positive I said to you, if I had your job, I would have never left teaching. Yeah. <laughs> I remember saying that to you because I was sitting in your class going, oh my God, this exists. And you and, and, and uh, your not so, uh, not, not so distant neighbor a little bit to the West, Barbara Friedman, you both have these gigs, which is just, they're, they're not very common to be just, and I say just in a loving way, <laughs> just the music technology teacher. You're not having to do the performance kind of ensemble thing, which I personally found really stressful. I, I really found it, like I burned out on being, on, on conducting, but I, I loved teaching my kids with technology. And I, so that, yeah, it's a great gig. So yeah, what is your schedule like per day? Like what is your teaching load? Um, my teaching load is, you mean today or in the, well, um, I teach, well, we're now on block schedule, but let me back up to uh, last year, we had eight, period days. And um, I teach music technology, four levels, one, two, three, and four. And I teach a section of music theory as well. The, but the lab here is occupied eight periods a day. So there are, the program's grown so much that there are two other teachers that teach um, a section of wow. music tech as well. And yes, you are right, Jim, that this is the this is the dream 
This is the dream job. It, it dream is. Job. It is. It, it, and, and not only that, it, I mean, I have an administrators that um, they're textbook phenomenal. I, I can't say enough about them from my department chair to my principal to my superintendent. Um, I literally, anything I want, anything I want at any time. Um, it's so important. It's so important to have that support. And, um, you know, I worked for some great administrators, but there was so much turnover in my 15 year career. I think I worked for 11 principals in 15 years. Wow. Um, you know, having that kind of stability and support and knowing that, yeah, they're going to back you up. That, that's just, I mean, it makes the dream gig even more of a dream. Yeah. Oh, well, one of the reasons that, the, that my program grew so much is because we had a, uh, a, we had a principal prior to the one that we have here. We, uh, and I love the one that our, our principal that we're, we have right now. I love him. The principal we had before um, was, and I use him all the time as an example to my students. He loved music, loved music, That's great. but he didn't know anything about music. But he would walk into my room with CDs and say, Anna, I really like this um, soundtrack. Could you tell me what instruments these are? in this track number nine and he would talk in such great detail about the music that he loved but he didn't know anything about it and he came into my class one day and to my advanced class and he says you know i got this i got an idea do you think your advanced class would want to write the graduation recessional and i and i said i said what, what, what do you mean by that he said well uh, you know the processional is pomp and circumstance he said um but we, there really is nothing traditional for um, the recessional. Would you like to write one? Oh, very cool. And I, and I did. It was 2008 and I had uh, one of my students write it, which back in that, back in that day, um, we were using GarageBand. So we couldn't mix it. And you know the the, yep. the instruments, the software instruments in GarageBand were believed a little bit to be desired. Yes, agreed. Good way. Of you working. know, especially especially in that time, especially the strings. So he actually gave me money to give it to a friend of mine, who um, is a producer who has his own studio, and paid a lot of money to have him mix this and to put it into um, using, using samples as Hollywood strings and he put it in um, into Logic and just made it sound wonderful. But, but every note that was written was written by my students. That's great. That, and that springboarded the program uh, where of course, you know, one kid writes it and the whole town hears it, literally the whole town because the yep. whole town is at graduation. And it has become a tradition since then. That and they're, they still write. Using that, they're still using it? Or are you writing new stuff every no, year? No, no. Every year, every year, um, a new recessional is written. Oh, that's awesome. That and, is so uh, cool. It, it is really, really cool. And it's so popular right now that kids come to me in freshman year saying, can I write it? I want to. That's my dream is to write the graduation piece. And uh, kids leave. I had one year kids leave to go six weeks on an internship. And I've had kids who were writing the graduation piece said, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm 
going two hours late to my internship because I need to come in here and work on this graduation recessional. Um, so yeah, so it's every single year, every year. That, that's such a great tradition. Very cool. Yeah. But that also then my principal said, Hey, that's such a great idea. How about I've got this veterans assembly, um, that I'm doing. And I've got over 200 veterans coming in, including the attorney general for, from Connecticut. And we're going to honor the, the Korean war veterans. Can you do a film for me? Can you write the music and can, can you write the music and can you make this film for me? I love it. I love that kind of problems, problem solving real world. I mean, that's exactly how it works in the real world. You know, but, it, it's very cool. It was, I will tell you, Jim, having, and, and that's just one of the, pro, that's just one of them that he, um, one of the projects, he always had a project for us going, including comedy. He asked us once to do, and he was the mastermind. And he came to me and said, Anna, I want to, it wouldn't fly right now, but he would say, New Canaan is a very wealthy town. How about if we do a spoof on New Canaan kids and have them dress up um, as if they're rappers? Can you write a rap? Can you do a music video with a rap? And I had this class that they were just brilliant and they all collaborated and we did this music video that was um, hysterical and kids still watch it to this day. So that's just one of the many, many um, videos that, um, that we've done. That's great. During class, I think I may probably have gotten off topic talking about that. No, no, it's good. What I, if, if I can, I'd love to find out, I mean, because everybody's trying to figure this out. And I know that with, uh, you know, I've been to your classroom, I've seen the lab. How on earth are you hand, I mean, what's going on right now in New Canaan? Are they totally virtual? Is it hybrid? Like, how are you teaching in this kind of, you know, the craziness that we're all experiencing? <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. New Canaan is the only school district, I think, in Connecticut that we have been in school since day one. Wow. We have not gone remote a single day. Um, we started hybrid and then we moved to fully in and now we're back to hybrid, but um, we have great mitigation strategies so we're able to pinpoint where the virus starts. And so we've been fully in. But as right. far as my lab, it's, it's stripped. It's nothing. There's, there's nothing here. The, the computers that have logic on them are in storage. The um, 61 key controller by M audio is in storage and my scarlet audio interface is in, in storage. Everything are they, are is they just, they're worried about, you know, kids touching that and getting germs or. Yeah. Well, CDC guidelines say that you can't share anything. Oh, that's right. Oh, wow. And that's going to pose a huge problem for me next semester when I have my three advanced classes, um, not, not being able to do that. So, so yeah, we're stripped. We're completely uh, stripped to nothing. Right. So is that how Music First came to New Canaan? No, Music First actually came to New Canaan about four years ago when we started teaching music theory. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. That's 
that's how it came in. But I really started using it um, now during the pandemic. Right, right, right. Um, and which is, was a reason for me to, to email you what one of my students had said to me, totally off, totally off cuff. Um, I had to figure out a way, you know, teaching, teaching remotely, teaching in hybrid is unsustainable. Uh, yeah, unsustainable, tough, mentally draining. I totally hear you. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm one of these people that if I'm talking to you, you or your, your eyes better be on me. I, I need you fully engaged. You can't do that remotely. You just can't. So um, after about the first four to six weeks, maybe even as far as six weeks of school, I said, I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know how to get these kids engaged. So I said, nobody in when they're remote learning wants to do one thing. Nobody wants to be on a piano for 45 minutes or an hour. Right. Nobody wants to spend the whole period writing. Or no one wants to spend the whole period in discussion. What am I going to do? So I opened up music first and said, all right, all right. I, I want to teach these kids a little bit about theory, a little bit. Because in, in, I'm teaching beginners right now in semester one. Okay. So I went to music first and I designed, because you can do that, I, I designed three big units um, for them. Actually have more, but I assigned three big units with I think eight or nine tasks for each unit. And I created that. And then um, I found this on music first, SoundCloud, it was buried. Um, and if, there, if it's on the internet, I'm gonna find it. That's right. <laughs> so I found this complete absolute beginner keyboard course by Hal Leonard. Yeah. And I, the reason why I, wa I wanted to use it is because they had backing tracks for very simple, simple piano um, keyboard things for yep. kids to play. So I bought that and using flat from music first, I wrote out all the music. Oh, wow. For it, it, 10, or 10, I know, uh, 10 or 12 songs. I have no life. That's, no, what, no, I say. Yeah, that's, that's what I say to people. I have no life. My husband says that school is my sanctuary. But so I used flat and I wrote it all out. And then I used Soundtrap and I took all the backing tracks and put them into Soundtrap. And so I created a piano performance um, unit as well as a music theory performance and then a creative units on using soundtrack and That's my great. one yeah my wonderful friend barbara friedman i can't say enough about her um that she's the one that gave me um a, a, her videos on on piano and playing which oh, i use great. they're amazing yeah they are and she's amazing yeah She's, she's amazing. She forgot more than I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, and, and anyway, so I said, okay, I've got these three big units that I'm going to do. And I'm going to, and I, so I came back one day after spending the whole weekend designing and I said to the kids, okay, I'm going to fall on the sword. I, I've been doing a terrible job. 
I'm going to try this. So I sat down and said, we use Schoology as our LMS. Yep. And I said, here it is. Here's, here is theory. Here is playing the piano. And here is a strand on creativity. And by December, which happened to be today, by December 9th, you had to have, they had to have certain sections done. And they were thrilled to do that. They were thrilled to come into my class and say, for the 85 minutes that we meet, this is what I'm going to work on today. And they keep a log. Um, and they love music first. So they love the, the straight line path that music first offers and the feedback that it immediately offers. But I did it in such a way that it ties into their creativity projects that we use in Soundtrap. So I don't know if I answered that question, but- oh, you definitely did. And what, what, um, what Im impresses me, Anna, is that um, what you've just described, that kind of three-prong approach where you're, you're, you're having them hone their actual, you know, kind of music reading, music theory, the fundamental skills. Uh, you're having them hone their performance skills and you're having them do their creativity. And with or without knowing it, you're doing what I have been telling people to do for years, which is this kind of three-prong approach of, you know, the kind of academic musician, the performing musician, and the, and the creative musician. It's, it's just really wonderful to hear. And I'm sure that they love that variety, that if it was all creativity, they might get bored of it. If it was yeah. all performance, they might get like, can we do something else? And if it was all kind of academic, they would, they would just be dropping like flies. So the fact that you've done that kind of on your own is just, a, to me, a, a further, further reason why I think you're such a rock star. That's really great. Well done. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I got to ask you, because I know that um, for those people that are not familiar with like the geography of, of the New York City metro area, New Canaan just happens to be like just close enough to New York City where some really big time celebrities live in that town. Um, I believe, I'm not sure if David Letterman lives there or lives really nearby, but it's, um, you know, right? Am I, am I off on that one? Um, he used to. And okay. as a matter of fact, he was a neighbor of one of my students. And when we went on tour to Washington, um, when we sang at the White House, he gave us a rather large um, donation to oh, go. Yeah, but yeah. he doesn't live here. He does not live here anymore. Yeah, I'm sure. But but there's one of my favorite musicians of all time lives in your town. And, and I think I've heard you say a couple of times that he's come to visit. So why don't you tell everybody who's listening, because I'm sure they'll be just as blown away as I am. Who, who, uh, who comes to uh, Anna's classroom every <laughs> once in a while? Harry Connick Jr. Oh, that's just so fun. That's awesome. I love it. it. Uh, he... he and I have to tell you, Jim, that man, what you see on television um, is who he is in, who he is in person. Um, I've taught both of his daughters. Um, actually, I still have one of his daughters here um, at the high school. But um, he is as great as a musician as he is. He is a, a better dad. He is oh, a great, awesome. he is a great father. But yes, he has been in my classroom Oh, mm, maybe at least a half a dozen oh, times is six, 
at least six times. And do the kids know who he is? Because, you know, for, for the people who are a little, got a few gray hairs on their head, they know exactly who he is. I'd love to, I mean, they must know that that, who he is. Um, yes, they do. They know, they know who he is. Sometimes they, once in a while you'll get kids that don't. Um, some kids are, are friends with All right, his, that makes sense, yeah. Some are, are friends with his daughter, but, um, yeah, they, they know who he is. And when he comes, when he comes into class, he is just, I mean, he's been to my class many times. So there's, there, there's some really uh, interesting stories. We have been to his private studio um, in New York. In New York. Oh, I love it. Everybody. Sorry. No, that's perfect. I'm keeping this in. That is great. It's real world, real school. I love it. You're at your school in your classroom doing a podcast. So we get an announcer. That's fabulous. That's staying, Anna. That is awesome. Uh, sorry. No, no problem. So yeah, so he's coming. You've gone to his studio, which must be a, just a thrill for you and the kids. Well, it, it, this was his studio it, when he had his television show. Oh, cool. And what was, so, what was so cool when he took us in the studio, he showed us the setup and he uses logic. Oh, so all the kids were like, I know that. <laughs> That's right. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, they, they know that. And um, he is such a great educator, just such a great educator that he really feeds off of kids' um, talent and, what, and questions that kids will have. Um, one day he came into class um, and I was teaching theory and I was teaching them intervals and ear training. And uh, it, he's also come into my class unannounced. This happened to be an unannounced time that he just walked in. Um, he walked into my classroom and said, you're doing ear training? He said, come on, come on, come on, give it to me, give it to me. So I would play intervals for him. And Jim, I didn't even finish and that guy would just spit out yep. um, naming intervals. Um, and he, he, then he went on to tell the kids how important that is for them. But um, one time he came into class and I said to him, Harry, could you show the kids how precise, how precise um, logic is? Could you just create a beat? And then can you show us um, in the edit window? how close you are to being exactly accurate. And he said to me, Anna, Anna, I'm gonna do this and, and, and I'm just gonna blow you guys out of the water. I want you to listen to this. So he sat down and he, and he played a beat and I will tell you, it, he was as close to perfect as you could get. Right. But I said to him, We're, could you just show us how you write um, 16 bars? Can you just write 16 bars or something? And he sat down, he said, well, what do you want to do first? I'm going to do a bass line, I'm going to do chords, I'm going to do a melody. He said, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do all three ways. I'm going to do the melody first. So he wrote the melody, the chords, the bass line, the drums. That was one. And he, then he turned out, and I mean in a matter of minutes. And he showed kids how to, he took them through the process of writing a melody oh or God. starting off with chords or starting off with a groove. Um, but he is an amazing musician, amazing. Yeah. I, I saw him, he, I think he was either just dating Jill or um, maybe just married. It was in 1990, 
one or two, he played at the Lundfontein Theater. Um, his album, I, I think it was Blue Light, Red Light or 20. He, he was supporting, he had a big band up on stage. And uh, I will never forget that concert. It was, I saw him two or three nights in a row. And then after the concert, I waited outside. I got his autograph because I was just so unbelievably impressed with what a genius kind genius. of young, ingenious pianist and genius big band leader. I mean, he, he personally, like Michael Buble owes everything to Harry Connick Jr. because that big band that he had was just amazing. And then him and Jill drove away in a, in a limo with them both. They were standing outside of the skylight waving to us. I was like, this is a movie. This is so, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm a, that, that, that is just, you know, how lucky those kids are. I know, I know the town itself is just, it's extremely, it's, it's a wonderful kind of affluent, uh, you know, town, but the kids are just so lucky to be able to have that experience to see a, yeah. a genius like that composing he, on the fly in, a, in their own classroom. That's insane. He, and he is, but he is also a great educator and a great, incredible motivator. Um, I, I, I he did this, uh, I, I think as a way to say thank you to me, but a, a, a quick story is that his daughter, um, became friends with my daughter um, because he, one of his daughters is a very talented photographer. And my daughter ended up going to their house because she needed some help on this. And your daughter's like an amazing pianist. <laughs> yeah. I they, remember watching videos of her. I know she, she, she's a nurse now. Is that what she? Yes. Yeah, yes. that's right. Uh, but but I, know, I, I, I remember seeing you, uh, something on Facebook about her did she play for him? I mean, yes, oh my she God. played. She, he invited, he, he saw a video of her, of a competition that she played in and said to his daughter, that girl can play. That girl can play. Right. So, um, he came to my, he came to my classroom and he said to me, listen, you know, I'm playing Friday night in Stanford at the rich forum. He, he said, um, do, you wanna, do you want some tickets? And I said, well, I paid for them already, but yeah, I'll come. So we went backstage and he said to me, you think McKenna would want to come to a rehearsal tomorrow? And I looked at him, I said, oh, I think she would. And so <laughs> said, you know, McKenna said, yeah, sure, okay, I'll go. And McKenna went after lacrosse practice. So she had shorts on and we, we bring it to the rehearsal and he was so, so brilliant that he waited for me to leave, for my husband and I to leave. Right. We left and he said, McKenna, let me show you my piano. Brings her up on stage in the middle of rehearsal. And he said, I designed this piano. I wanted this with the exact touch. Can you play something for me? She played something and the members of the band uh, came over and said, wow, you're amazing. And right. he said, I got some room tonight in my show. Do you want to play? Oh my God, that's so cool. So I had to run back and right. ring her address. And you know, I mean, you can find it on YouTube, but yes, she got to play for him. But uh, yeah, we are, very, we are very fortunate to have somebody like him um, here in New Canaan.
Yeah. So, Anna, believe it or not, we're, we're running out of time. So I want to make sure, I mean, I, I could talk about this forever and ever. And I, I, for everybody listening, I hope you enjoyed listening <laughs> about that as much as I do. But um, so I, I do want to close out with the, the, the two questions I asked everybody. And the first one is, what advice would you, so you've been teaching a while. Um, you've seen it all. You've seen, uh, you know, and, and kind of, you know, you know, 30, 40 years into your career, now you're dealing with a pandemic. What advice would you give to um, young music teachers out there thinking of incorporating technology into their programs based on your experience? Hmm. Uh, start off small. So I think maybe my best advice, which I have actually given to lots of teachers, is try teaching with one computer because that will give you practice in front of uh, students how, how to use the technology and you will have 25 or 28 little brains watching you that could even pick up things that you wouldn't notice. Right. And also, you can also have an arsenal of uh, information about where they, will, where they will get into trouble with that. Um, and the other probably piece of advice is once you get a full lab, um, I would pair kids off. That's how I started. I had kids, instead of giving a project to each individual person, I had them collaborate and yep. do it together because one, they could figure out a problem before me. Two, it gave me uh, less work to do and it, and it lowered my anxiety. Um, and that, of course, really springboarded my philosophy of teaching, which is collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Kids know more than you think they do. They the kids sure do. In, they come in with a library of music in their head. Um, so it, that and probably humility goes a long way. Fall on the sword. It sure does. And kids, kid, I mean, for those of you listening that have never taught in a lab, it is totally different. Uh, than teaching anything else. It's, it's unlike any other, you know, teaching, uh, having 140 kids in, in, in a choir in front of you is much easier than having 18 kids in a lab. That, that's yeah. my opinion. I've done both and I know that it's like a, this, it's a whole other way of teaching. It's brand new. Um, so I love the advice uh, because if you can do it with one computer and you can fall on your face in front of the kids and they, by the way, the kids I'm sure, I, well, I've, I've seen it with my own two eyes. They love you. Um, and uh, the kids love when teachers admit that they don't know something because um, they, they want to help you. They're like, oh, well, I can, this is something I know. Like I've said this a million times, but we are the experts in music. Uh, they are the experts in technology. They, it will always be that way. And the minute you let it go uh, and, and say, well, they, the kids bring their expertise to the table too. Uh, it's a much better way to teach. And, and you write about anxiety, just let it go and, and be okay with saying, I just don't know how to, do. you know what I do? I teach graduate classes and students will ask me like in logic, oh, how do you do this side chain thing? I have no idea. And so I'm like, all right, well, I don't know in front of the entire, you know, like a, a Ivy League grad school going, I'm saying, I have no idea. Let's figure this out together. And they love that because I'm modeling and I'm sure you do the same thing, modeling the behavior. If you don't know, there's a thing called YouTube and there are 1 million videos that will show you how to do it. It's like, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Excellent. Uh, so Anna, the last question for you, and I, I can't, I, I, I think I know where you're going to go with it, but let's see, is, um, you know, Music First does a lot, but it doesn't do everything. And I'm sure that there are things that you wish it did. So the magic wand question, which I ask everybody, if you could wave a magic wand and Music First could suddenly do this, what would it be? Oh, be easy. This is an easy one. Um, I need video and soundtrack. Absolutely. I've, I think you're, I, I've done about 30 episodes and 20 have said that. So <laughs> people in Soundtrap, for the love of Pete, please do it. I, I always make the excuse for them, which is, which is the reason, is that if you add video and you have multiple tracks of audio and you hit play and it doesn't play because there's so much information being streamed, you'll blame Soundtrap. Um, you know, and say, well, this is terrible, but everybody's Wi-Fi is different. That's why they're not doing it. I'm, I, I can tell you with, with virtual certainty is that uh, it's hard because you're sucking so much internet um, to, to stream the video and to stream all the audio. But man, do I wish they would do that because yeah. it would make, I think like, I'm sure you would agree, kids love creating music for film and for, they for video. Yeah. They, and one other, well, I would also like to see notation in Soundtrap. Yeah, that, that that piano roll notation is not notation. You know, I, I hear you. But Barbara Friedman told me years ago, Anna, you better learn how to read piano roll. Yeah, uh, she's right. I, I know how to do it fluently now. And people people who don't look at you and go, what are you doing? Uh, yep, I can read this, you know, I can read it just like music at this point. But yeah. And I have to tell you, it, I, as I told you, it would be, it's such a thrill and pleasure to talk to you. I'm sure that everybody um, has, has things they've learned uh, from you and your experience. And I just wanted to say thank you uh, for, for chatting with me today. And um, I hope you have a fabulous Christmas. And I hope 2021 is, is a much better year for you and for everybody. Uh, but thank you, Anna. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome, Jim. It was my pleasure. Take care. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.